Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where we have two great interviews for you from Salt Lake Comic Con. we got author Larry Correa and author Michael Brent Collings. Uh, we'll talk about their books and stuff like that. And again, please forgive our audio, it was at Salt Lake Comic Con. Uh, we did have a little difficulties with the mic early on in the day with Larry's interview, so it might sound a little tinny, but still great interview. Uh, so we do apologize about that, but with that said, let's uh, jump in to Larry Korea, otherwise known as the Lord International Lord of Hate, or whatever that's supposed to mean, and Michael Brent Collins, the man that always somehow brings toilet humor to the show. So with that said, uh, check these interviews out. Hey guys, uh, we're at Solid Comic Con with Larry Korea, the man that just keeps on ticking with book after book after book. And if you like guns, then you like Larry's books. So, how have things been going at the con so far? Oh man, it's been super busy, even by Solid Comic Con standards. So, you, you've got Son of the Black Store that recently came out. You've got your other, uh, the Grimoire series added book. And then Tom Stranger, which is an Audible special. I mean, it just seems like you're always writing. Yeah, I read a lot. Actually, this year is a little weird. I actually had four, four books come out this year. Um, well, not counting Tom Stranger, because that was an uh, audible novella that I did. Um, it's a silly comedy. Uh, Adam Baldwin narrated it. It's fantastic. I had um, Monster Hunter Grunge, which is a spinoff series with John Ringo. I got the third and final Dead Six novel with Mike Cooper called Alliance Shadows coming out next month. And in December, I've got the... Um, Second Gringo novel. I got the sixth regular Monster Hunter novel comes out next August, called Monster Hunter Siege, and uh, I had my second War Machine novel actually came out this year in April called Into the Wild. So it's been really, really busy. How do you have you know six books literally coming out in a year and a half almost? So have time for your family and everything else. Uh, well, it's not, I mean, this is my full-time job, and so luckily for me, I get to go home every day, and I, I, uh, my, uh, kids understand what I do, my wife understands what I do, and I, I actually take weekends off now, believe it or not. Um, I've just gotten, uh, you know, the more practice you get writing, the faster you get at it, and, uh, I tend to, I've gotten pretty good at writing clean the first time, so I don't have to spend a lot of time editing. So, which is nice. When I, when I first started out, it took me almost as long to edit a book as it did to write it, you know, because I had screwed so much stuff up. But now, you know, I, I, 
I, I've learned my lesson, so I don't screw as much stuff up. So about every four to six months, I can get another one out the door. Nice. So that's really good to know that as you progress, the editing goes down. Oh, yeah. Uh, plus, you get better at seeing when you screw up, so you catch it earlier. Uh, when you go up the wrong hill, you know sooner, so you don't have to backtrack as far. Yeah. It's nice. Um, plus, um, you get to be real mercenary with yourself and real unforgiving. So now when you're starting out, you got a lot of delusions about how brilliant you are. Yeah. Um, after you've been doing this a while, you're a professional, and you know you're human. And you know your weaknesses, so you can spot them. So... Uh, with the editing and the, and the writing, now you're taking weekends off. I mean, are you writing eight hours a day? Is it six hours? Or are you writing like 12 hours? Well, it depends. Uh, it depends on how looming the deadline is. Okay. So, like, right now, I, I got until Christmas to finish Monster Hunter Siege. So, I'm writing, you know, about eight hours a day, like a normal job. If I get into November and I'm not close to finish, those are going to turn into 10, 12-hour days real quick. <laughs> So, how is it coming to the conventions and that and just being mobbed? I mean, because I came here earlier and it's just like one after another after another that are coming to talk to you. It's nice, actually, because um, really, it's really horrible as a writer when you're starting out and nobody knows who you are. And you sit there with a table full of books alone. It's it's hard. It's, uh, it's disheartening. But, you know, as time goes on, more and more people read your stuff, more people tell their friends, and it just gets busier and busier. So... Um, I love my fans, and so I actually enjoy talking to them. But I tell you, it's exhausting. You just get completely fried and brain damaged by the end of a con. Because, um, you know, you're just talking nonstop. And it's exhausting. It, it really is. So usually uh, the two or three days after Comic-Con, I'm fairly useless. <laughs> so let's just talk about Tom Stranger, because you said it's an Audible exclusive, and you got Adam Baldwin to narrate it. Yeah. And you were kind of responsible of getting him in to the door on that. Uh, yeah, so that's funny because uh, I, I, I knew Adam from um, uh, different things in Comic-Con and that sort of thing. We're friends. And um, we he had not done any audiobooks. Um, so I introduced him to the folks at Audible. And uh, the people at Audible were also fans of Tom Stranger. I was like a series of short stories, really silly short stories I did on my blog. And so uh, a guy at Audible by the name of Steve Feldberg came to me. He's like, hey, why don't you do Tom Stranger specifically for Adam Baldwin, and we'll try to get Adam to narrate it. I was like, sure. And so because there's a running joke, he was Adam Baldwin was a character in it. He's the president of the United States in this alternate dimension. Uh, and he's just this hilarious president. And Arlie Ermey is secretary of defense. So that's how it starts out, is with Tom... Or with uh, Tom rescuing a world where Adam is narrating, playing himself as president. And... Uh, I'm a character, too. It just gets really absurd. And um, there's actually a couple Larrys in it because it's, you know, multiple dimensions. But it is one of the funniest things. Uh, the reviews on it are, are five-star or one-star. Everybody either loves it and thinks it's the funniest thing they've ever listened to or they're like, what is this crap? <laughs> this is this is insane. What is this? But, you know, when you have, you know, magical time-traveling space manatees in a story, it gets a little weird. It does, but it, it is great, you know. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. And that's kind of, it, it seems like, you know, like you said, I did see the reviews. It was either they loved it or hated it. But I think they hated it because they didn't really understand what was going on. Now, to be fair, though, it was, it's I think it's 25 five stars to every one one star. So so there's not a lot of people hate it, but those who hate it really hate it. <laughs> you got one extreme or the other. All right, so all the books, as usual, Amazon, 
bookstores everywhere. Yep. They can be found on Audible and everything else. Yep, that's correct. They have available everywhere. So, everyone, run out and grab Larry's books because they're great. If you love guns, you'll love the books. But if you love high fantasy, get Son of the Black Sword. That's a great high fantasy book thanks. as well. So, all right. Uh, thanks for your time. Cool. Okay, we'll catch you later. All right. We're here at Salt Lake Comic Con 2016 once again with the man that always brings poop to the show. No matter how many times we've had Michael Brent Collings on the show, Somehow it always ended up talking about poop and other crazy things. So, uh, how have things been overall? Sorry for the pause. I had to buckle up my pants. I've been pooping. Um, no, things are good. <laughs> things are good. You know, for a while my writing felt a little constipated, but now it's really flowing in pretty good spurts. I'm joking. Um, everything, he brought up the poop thing. Everything's good. I, you know, I came out with a new book a, a couple weeks ago, and I'm working on a screenplay now and i'm at comic-con with you so two out of three yeah so the new book's the longest con yeah so is it horror or is it something completely different it's very different what it is is we all know that people come to comic cons to cosplay as monsters but what we don't know is monsters come to comic cons to cosplay as people and so this is a problem because monsters eat people but the con organizers know this. They don't want to lose revenue. They want the monsters to come and spend the money. They know dead people will spend no more money. So what they've done is seed throughout the con people called wardens who are the equivalent of undercover uh, air marshals. They stop the problems before they happen. They clean up the bodies after they do happen. And the fun of the book is that I, you know, I'm an international bestseller, and I'm one of the wardens. Uh, so the first chapter is my name is Michael Brent Collings. This is what I do. And in addition, I've got friends of mine who agreed to do this, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Larry Correa, DJ Butler, Kevin J. Anderson, all these big-name writers who are also actually characters in the book. And they're not just like cameos. It's not a collaboration. I wrote the book, but they show up. Kevin Anderson's a wizard. Orson Scott Card's a wizard. Larry Correa, to the surprise of no one, is a supernatural arms dealer. Um, and it's really fun. It's got a really good, serious mystery at the bottom of it, but it's hilarious. I mean, it's just a fun book that pokes fun at me, at writers, at conventions, um, but in a loving way because I love this stuff. I had no clue. Seriously, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be some like George Clooney, Brad Pitt. There's going to be some sort of con. They're going to steal something. Now you just put a twist on it that's just amazing. Yeah, it's fun, and actually I did, it's funny you mention that because when I got all these people together who agreed to do it, I decided to make the cover of the book look like a movie poster, and it's got this kind of, it does have an Ocean's Eleven sort of feel because it is this group of people, and we're not doing a heist or anything, but it's all these really cool people that if you're a total, a real Uber geek, you're going to go, I know that guy, I know that guy, but if you're not an Uber geek, you don't have to know these people to have fun because I've made them all really funny. Like, there's a lady who's a vendor at the Comic-Con. The Comic-Con that I'm at for the murder is called Fun Fan Fam Com Con. And, like, I bump into a lady, and what she does is crochet medieval art. And by that I mean she crochets chastity belts and has a real attitude towards booth babes who are all whores and sluts in her opinion. So, so it's just got that kind of characters, and it's just a lot of fun. Which, you, you do see that kind of stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I see it all the time going from the, the cons, but this is a fantastic idea because you're right. A lot of people are dressed up as monsters or super, 
superheroes and that. And then you got normal people wandering around. And are they a villain or a monster that's going to eat you, which is fantastic. But I never dress up, so what does that make me? <laughs> uh, scary? But that's not just because you don't dress up. I've known you long enough to know that there are serious unresolved issues there. I, I am a ginger. <laughs> and you got and you got 18 kids that are gingers, and your wife's a ginger, so you're screwed. But, no, you know, it, it is fun because you look around, and I've told people there are only a set number of classifications of cosplay, and every single cosplay can fit into one of these. It is accurate, so those are people that have, like, the perfect Stormtrooper outfit, you know. So it's accurate, amazing, this guy who builds 18-foot wings that really work. Um, sexy, we all know what that is. Uh, scary, inappropriate, and those are the people. By inappropriate, I mean like, yeah, that person really shouldn't have chosen that outfit because it does not work. And then the last one is child molester in training. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to agree. Most of those fit. Yep. It's it's Sorry. yeah. Well, I don't want to see the last one though. Well, you've seen him. It's the guy who like it's the it's almost always a guy, and he's walking around in a white body sock that's so tight you can tell if he's Jewish or not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or or it's green or blue or some other color. Yep. Um, so that book's available as well as everything else. I mean, you're a writing machine. It seems like you're at least putting out a book every other month. It almost seems like. No, you know what? It's funny because I decided to take a step back and move a little slower. So it's August this year, and I've put out three books. Um, which actually is fewer than I have at this point by in most years. But then I look at them, and they're all really long. So I've already written this year almost half a million words. Um, so that's why it kind of I'm actually working on the screenplays just to give my fans time to actually catch up with me. Okay, cool. So I know you can't talk about the screenplay because it's probably contracts and stuff like that. But where do you go from here? I mean, you, you've written a horror. You've got your fantasy novel. Now you have this cool zombie, or not zombie, monster convention horror. Urban fantasy. Urban fantasy. That's perfect. That's where it is. Where do you go from here? I mean, are you going to write some comedy or something? Uh, I plan to start in pornography. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, it's funny. People ask me, like, they do ask, what, what, what do you write? And I say, I'm, I don't write genres. I mean, I'm known for genres, and that's fine. I'm, I'm mostly known for horror, and I'm cool with that. But I don't view myself as a horror writer, that that's all I do. What I view myself as is a competent storyteller, hopefully a competent storyteller. And so I will get an idea, and it's not a question of, hey, is this in a genre I've done before? It's a question of, do I like it? And more importantly, is it fiscally reasonable? Reasonable, Because I'm an indie writer, so every word I write has to put money on the, or food on the table for my family. Um, so I have lots of ideas and lots of different genres that I throw away because they're just not going to make me money. Uh, but it, whether I'm going to write a horror or a thriller or whatever, it just is dependent on my mood. It's dependent on my interests at the time. I do have to kind of circle back to horror pretty regularly, no matter what, even if I don't feel like writing it, because my fans are mostly based in horror. They do send threatening emails after a certain point. You know, I will set fire to your daughter or things like that. So, <laughs> so I, I try and keep them happy. But other than that, it's just... It really is a question of, is it fun for me? Is it a good story? And will it sell? There will be a flaming bag of dog poo All on you. Time. Yeah. All so, so, uh, okay, so you mentioned there's the process where you decide whether it's good enough to move forward. What is that process? I mean, what is the key thing that says, yeah, this is a cool idea, but I don't want to, I can't write it right now? I think, you know, part of it is just being schooled 
in in literature and by literature I don't just mean Shakespeare I'm talking about just sort of stuff that's out now stuff that's been done whenever I come up with an idea I go oh that's really awesome but it's kind of close to this or that and and you want to avoid that situation when I was a couple years ago I came up with a fantastic idea uh, for a screenplay and I and I called some people and I said that's freaking amazing and three days later in the trades in the magazines that, in Hollywood it said new idea sold by random other person exactly the same as Michael Brent so it wasn't that they stole it it's just that it had been done and the second that happened I threw that idea away so it really a lot of it is just kind of education based you go that's been done that hasn't been done um, and then the other thing I'm a big believer in what I call the movie poster approach if I have a really good idea, it should be one that I can put a movie poster together and every single person looks at that movie poster for five seconds will know the basic idea of the story, the tone of the story, at least some of the characters of the story and what they can expect sort of emotionally when they go in. And if it can do all of that just with a picture or two, that's probably a good idea that's going to sell. I now understand your covers. I mean, that, that almost seems like that's what your covers are about. Well, sure, because um, I do my own covers, and it would be silly. Some people have the misapprehension that a cover has to be about the book. And, I mean, that's helpful, but, like, if you look at some of the early editions of Ender's Game, you look at the cover and go, this has no frickin' nothing to do with the book. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, the cover has to be instantly intriguing, and it does have to, what it does is it has to be instantly intriguing, does have to give you an idea of what kind of book you're going to read and it has to hopefully set up a question that can only be answered inside the book and if you get in there and you go oh it has nothing to do with it well guess what they already bought the book yeah. um, so those are really the things you need to do with a cover and if you don't do those things you fail no I, I agree you know, the cover <laughs> definitely I, I know everyone says don't judge a book by its cover but really we do oh, we totally do I mean uh, you know, I'll use R.A. Salvatore as an example. His Dark Elf books, early on, whatever that thing on the front was horrible. And I didn't buy the book for years, and then my friends were like, oh, you gotta, you got to read this. So I finally did, but I didn't be, ever buy it because of that cover was horrible. Yeah, and so like I tell people, my wife's a babe. I mean, she's like rocking hot. And, um, and I tell people, I walked up to her because of that. I married her because of who she is. I couldn't have hung out with her for, you know, however long we've been together, for 15 years, if all she was was a pretty face. Um, and so books, you, you don't want to, you don't have, you judge a book by its cover 100% when you first meet that book, because you can't read the whole book, that's hours and hours. After you're finished, you should judge the book by the book. Nobody who's finished a book has ever told their friend, what'd you think of it? Oh, the cover was good. You know, they tell you about the book, and that's, but that's how we naturally perceive things. We yeah. see something and we base our first opinion on that first impression. I agree. All right, so you got to sell books. There's, <laughs> there's people roaming around. We'll just keep talking over and over, and eventually it'll come back around to poop. I know it yeah, will. Yeah. But uh, so the colony, you have that going on. The longest con, which is currently available, yeah. you need to go buy this because if you've been to a con, this is, makes every day just different now. I will never be able to go to a con the same way now. Yeah, and, and I mean, to give you an idea, we're sitting here behind my table at the con, and there's one copy left. I bought a huge num brought a huge number of them, and, and this is we're midway through the second day, and they're gone because people have not just been 
looking at it and going, oh, that's cool, I'll buy it. But like we, they've been coming back the next day and going, I'm only 15 pages into this, buy it. <laughs> so, yeah, buy it because it's a lot of fun. Yes. So you can get it uh, on Amazon. Yeah. Or your webpage, which is michaelbrentcullings.com. Correct. That's a mouthful. Yeah, or you, you, know, you can just Google Michael Brent, all one word, and all my stuff will pop up. My, my webpage, my Amazon page, my IMDb page, because there's only one Michael Brent in the whole world. So Very nice. So that's useful. So you, you have like Dan Wells, you do a search for him, and he's a Norwegian model. Yeah, totally. Well, it's funny you say that, because there is a guy named Michael Space, last name Brent, who is an underwear model. So I tell people to Google Michael Brent, and I'm like, but if you come up with a bunch of pictures of a fabulous-looking guy wearing, you know, tidy whities that's not me. And I don't want you to think it's me, not just because you won't find my books, but I don't want you coming up to me at a con and being terribly, terribly disappointed. <laughs> that could be a unique selling pitch, though. Yeah, right, right. Come and see what I really look like without the underwear. And they're like, ooh, and then they show up, and I'm like, this is me without underwear, and I'm, I'm gross. <laughs> So we might have bordered on the child molester part. There. <laughs> it's only child molester in training if it's a costume. The, but is that a costume? <laughs> well, there's a thin line between costume and persona. Okay. All right. I, I'll agree with that. All right. So run out, grab Michael Brent's books. You won't be disappointed. They're amazing. And some of them will terrify you to the point you cannot go to sleep without the lights on. Yeah. Or poop yourself. You'll poop yourself, right? I haven't had that problem yet. So, all right. With that said, we're out of here, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Hey, I hope you enjoyed these interviews. With that said, we're out of here. Check for our new shows, as always, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And remember to like us and follow us on Facebook and Twitter, because that way we can bring amazing, awesome content to you. Until then, we'll catch you next time.